Then said I, this is Isaiah speaking, woe is me, for I am, this is present tense, undone. Because I am, present tense, a man of unclean lips. Not only that, but I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Verse 6, then one flew unto me and said, with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom, first Antioch, shall I send? And who, first Antioch, will go for us? Then said Isaiah, here am I. Lord, thank you for your word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. Speak now. Thy servants wait to hear from thee. In Jesus' name we pray in your son. Amen. Look to your left, look to your right, and simply say this. God wants a yes. God wants a yes. Shirley Caesar sang a I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. Ooh, now, now, now I can stick a pin right there. I can stick a pin right there. We have been dealing in Bible study, going through the first book called Genesis. The last few chapters we've been dealing with this young man by the name of Abram. And we have been talking about how Abram, who became Abraham, who we recognize as a great man of faith. But what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks is the fact that Abram was not born a man of faith. Abram was not entered into this world full of faith. Abram had to go through some things. Abram had to see some situations. 
Abram had to walk some lonely paths, some crooked paths. He had to go through some valleys like David did. And it was in those hardships, it was in those trials and tribulations that God would reveal himself to Abram. Now, I'm sticking to this Abram thing because you got to understand, Abram, when he was, Abram was not yet the believer that he became to be. He was not yet uh, the man that he was going to become. He was yet uh, still a secular man. He was still a man of the world. He had not yet crossed over into the father of the Hebrew lineage that we recognize him as today. But yet God still thought enough of him to visit him. God still thought enough of him to call him by his name. God still thought enough of Abram while he was yet in sin to say, I have need of you. And if you will hearken your ear unto my voice and simply do what I ask of you, what I tell you to do, there will be things that I will bless you with, watch this, that you won't even be able to number. I'm going there, I'm going there, I'm going there because it is important for us to remember that our name once was Abram. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Great question. I'm glad that you asked. My name was Abram because I wasn't always who I am today. I, my name was Abram because I didn't always walk the path that I'm walking on today. And even the path that I'm on right now may not be the one that I want to be on. But I thank God that it's not the one I... Come on, somebody. I, my name was Abram because there was a time that I heard about this God, but I didn't know him. And it was in my Abram season that he wanted to reveal himself to me so that I wouldn't just know his name, but that I would know him. So that I would not have been able to just hear other people's stories, but I would have some testimonies of my own. And I'm so glad that in the midst of my sin, in the midst of my worldly living, in the midst of all my shortcomings, he still looked beyond my faults, saw my needs, and decided I have need of him. So we've been dealing with this, we've been dealing with this, and, 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 and when he calls Abram, Abram has to do something that every single one of us at some point in our lives has to do. He has to give God a yes. He has to give God a yes, because remember, one of the first things that we see God asking him to do is to leave his home. Not just his house, but leave his hometown, leave his home county, leave his home city, leave his family's, uh, leave where his family has been known, leave his father's house, leave everything that he knows, leave everything that's familiar to him, leave everything that's comfortable for him. And what God is doing is he's saying, I need you to do this because where I am taking you, you can't take some of this stuff with you. And our problem is we want God to lead us, but we only want him to lead us, watch this, with certain circumstances. God, I'll go if you let me go this way. God, I'll go if you let me go at this time. It reminds me of how Jesus was talking to the young man who said that he was ready to follow him, but he said, I got to go bury my daddy. And Jesus said to him, oh, no, 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 no. If you're going to follow me, there's some stuff that you need to leave behind. Watch this. Sometimes we get carried away by carrying dead things to a 
And the reason I can't get to the place of life, the reason I can't get to my place of prosperity, the reason I can't get out of the valley of dry bones is because I keep trying to carry those dry bones with me. But God is looking to us this morning and he's saying some of that stuff you got to let it. Says to him, he, he says to him, you gotta leave everything that's that's comfortable to you. And in order for you to do this, you've got to you've got to give me something that watch this, it's going to be heavy, and it's going to be ah, do I want to use that word? I'll use that word. It's going to be dangerous and it's going to be challenging because the thing I'm asking you to do, watch this, is to forsake everything about yourself. And what we, when we look at it on the surface, all we see is three little letters. All we see is a Y, an E, and an S. But we don't readily understand the weight and the burden that comes with a Y'all know me. I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm, I, don't, I didn't come. To have you be tricked, to have you be fooled. When you tell the Lord yes, watch this, it gets a little burdensome. When you when you tell the Lord yes, it gets a little troublesome. It, when you tell the Lord yes, watch this, you'll find yourself going through some hardships. When you tell the Lord yes, you'll find yourself having to fight some battles. When you tell the Lord yes, you'll find yourself faced with situations that you've never seen before. But if I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'd rather face hardships with him. Because just like Job the only thing that is happening to me is that which he has allowed. And if he's allowing me to go through the storm, if he's allowing the winds to blow, if he's allowing the rains to fall, if he's allowing sickness to hit my body, if he's allowing the house to be foreclosed, if he's allowing the car to be repossessed, I ain't came to your row yet. If he's allowing grandma to die, come on somebody. If he's allowing your children to act like they ain't got no good sense. If he's allowing your house to go through all types of hell, it's only because there's something he's trying to get to you that requires you to go through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll say less, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. God wants a yes, and often we have no issue with his will. Our issue is with his way. My issue is with his way because, God, you are God of light, but I have found myself in darkness. God, you're, you're God of order. Confusion is not of you, but, but I have found myself in a place where I'm confused, I'm lost, I don't know which way to go. So how is it, watch this, that this could possibly be your way? 
And the craziest thing is we've got 66 books that show us that the greatest people that have received the greatest blessing were also the ones that had to go through some of the greatest hardships. Some of the ones that had to go through the greatest trials and the greatest tribulations. Now, I'm not going to tell you that he gives his hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. That's not Bible. It's something that sounds good, but it's not really in the word of God. But what I will tell you is that if he brings you to it. Come on, Israelites at the Red Sea. Come on, Daniel in the den. Come on, three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. If he brings you to a situation, watch this. He's not going to make a way. Because that's been our prayer. Lord, I need you to make a way. Lord, I need you to bring. No, 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 no. God had this thing figured out before you were formed in your mother's womb. The way has already been made. You need God to give you the revelation prayer has been, Lord, do it. No, 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 no. It's already been done. So our prayer now becomes, instead of Lord, do it, my prayer now becomes, Lord, manifest that which you have already worked out in the spirit here in the earth. I say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Now, all y'all know the song, and I know at some point all of you have sang this song. But I also know a whole lot of you didn't know what you were saying. You said that you will say yes to his will. Again, that was the easy part. Because his will for us is to prosper us and to give us a hope and a future. We like that part. That feels good to me. That makes me but when his way is, hey, here's what's going to happen. Mama's going to get sick and die. Okay. Maybe that's not so fair. Watch this. Your child is going to leave home tonight and they're not going to return home alive. Maybe that's not your testimony. Watch this. Sickness is going to ravage your body. Maybe that's not your testimony. Watch this. That house you've been praying and asking me for, as soon as I give it to you, there's going to be a fire and you're going to lose everything. See, we don't, we don't like to see God in that light because in our natural mind, in our carnal mind, that doesn't sound like God. But God will allow you to go through some things, watch, just so you can see who you are in your relationship with him but so that he can continue to reveal his glory unto you. So I don't get frustrated with him when sickness hits my body. I say, God, I thank you that I've got enough sense to remember that you are Jehovah Rapha and you are the God who heals me. I don't, I don't get upset when I lose loved ones. That it was who gave me the loved one in the first place and he's simply calling them back now to their place of rest and reward. So, let me get somebody. Real quick. Right in the eyes. You got to look at him right in the eyes. Right in the eyes. You got to say, look. Look now. 
say yes to his ways. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. His way for you is only for you. Sometimes, watch this, we want other people's rewards not understanding the street that they had to walk to get there, not understanding the battles they had to fight, not understanding the hardships that they had to survive. Because watch this, the hardship that they survived would have killed you. year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne. I know y'all trying to figure out what does this have to do with Isaiah. Great question. People that know me know I like to take the scenic route. Sitting on the throne, he's high, he's lifted up, his train fills the temple. What Isaiah is showing us here is that the presence of God is so vast that every room it enters into, it fills it. That's why David was able to say, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. And I will enter his courts with praise. That's why he was able to say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house. That's why he was able to say, I will make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's why he was able to say, I will bless the Lord at all times because he understood when I get into the presence of God, his presence is so vast and, and so mighty that it not just fills the room, but because it fills the room, it encompasses me in such a way that I don't have a choice but to leave where I am better than it was when I came in. So his presence, he fills the temple. He's painting this picture. He's painting this picture. Isaiah, he's, he's having this vision of being in the Lord's presence. Being in the temple, and above it stood the seraphim, which had the six wings to cover his face, his feet, and two that he used to fly. And even the angels cry out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And what, what I like about this is it expresses to us exactly how we should be. It expresses to us that anytime I'm in his presence, I've got to sing a song to him. I know I don't sing real good. I, I know it's hard for me to stay on the right key, but there's a song in my heart uh, that I can lift up to him because when I look back over my life and I remember how he brought me out of darkness and I remember how he delivered me from my addictions and I remember how he reached down and picked me way up from my place of affliction, I can find a song in my heart to say, Lord God, I thank you for what you did for me back then. And I know because you did it back then, if I ever find myself in that place again, that you'll show up and do it for me one more time. And they're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts means, uh, which comes from uh, his Jehovah name, Jehovah Sabaoth, which means, uh, then the word host comes from the Latin word, uh, hostis, which means the Lord of the armies. He, he, he's picturing God, uh, God now as a military man, a man of great power and authority, a man, watch this, who is able to fight my battles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, because watch this, sometimes, sometimes God will take you to the battlefield and instead of telling you to fight, he'll say, you know what, I got this one. You just stand still and see. 
And every once in a while, see, I don't mind fighting my battles anymore. In fact, the songwriter said, I promised him that I would serve him where on the battlefield. But I love it when he steps in and says, I got this one, Lamar. Don't you worry about it. You just sit back and enjoy the show because I'm about to do something in the midst of your presence that even your neighbors are going to wonder how you made it through that. Even your enemies are going to have questions about how you came over this thing. Watch this. What I'm getting ready to do in your life, your eyes literally have not seen and your ears literally have not heard and it has not even entered into your own heart what I'm about to do in your life. But And watch this. I'm getting ready to do this because you've been faithful to me. Oh, oh, oh. See, we like to make the Bible apply to us in every situation, but no, 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 no. Sometimes there are some requirements. You want God to do something for you, but you haven't done anything for him. Uh-oh. Ah, ah, I came to fix somebody's mind this morning. I came to fix somebody's mind because we always want the blessings to come down, but we have a hard time getting the praises to go Okay, okay. We always want him to do a new thing in our life, but we haven't given him glory for the old things. We want him to wake us up tomorrow morning, but we haven't praised him for what he's done today, and we didn't even thank him for how he kept us on yesterday. Look at somebody say, he wants a yes, he wants a yes, he wants a yes, he wants a yes, he wants a yes. So he's painting this picture, he's painting this picture. It says, even the post of the door moved at, at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. That's the, that's the representation of his presence. It's filling the house. And it's filling the house in such a way that it even fills your nostrils. And because it has now entered into your nostrils, it has now entered into your body. So now you are literally breathing the presence of God. It says, then, then I had an epiphany. Here I am in the presence of Almighty God. And I remembered something. I remembered, watch this, who I am. <laughs> because church is a place where we get to come and pretend to be who we want. We get to come here and, and we put on our masks. I ain't talking about these ones. I'm talking about the other one. Y'all know which one I'm talking about. That, that mask that, that when, when somebody asks you how things are going, you say, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. Uh-huh, no, you're not. <laughs> well, how you doing today? Oh, you know the Lord is good. Yes, he is, but that's not how you really feel. We get to come here, watch this, and act like everything at home is good. We get to come here and we pretend like everything at work is just fine. We get to come here and act like everything at school is on the straight and the narrow. We get to come here and act like, watch this, I'm really okay with myself and sometimes I'm not. But this is the place that we come and we pretend. Because it's easy to camouflage, watch this, under a praise. Let's see, here, here's the thing about praise and worship. You can't fake worship. The 
because they that worship him can only worship him in two places. Where are they? In spirit. You can't fake worship. See, I can hide behind the praise. I can run around here until I bust my knee on one of these pews. Fall out in the flow. Shake, roll, quick and do all of that. I can yell, scream, holler, jump. Hallelujah, thank you. I can hide behind that. And then go home the same way. Why the songwriter asked the question, is your all? He, re he remembered, he remembered, he remembered who he was. He said, woe is me for I am undone. He begins to now have a realization of who he is. He begins to examine himself. We ought to be like Isaiah. Every once in a while, we should really stop and just examine ourselves. Am, am I really who I am pretending to be? Am I, am I really, watch this, who they think I am? And it's not about other people's opinions, but it's about am I really who God has called me to be? Because the most time I, I spend pretending to be something, the less time I am living who I'm supposed to be. He said, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I hang out with people of unclean lips. What he's literally saying right here is I'm a man of sin. I'm a man of the flesh. I, I don't do right. I don't say the right things. I don't go the right places. Every once in a while, I cross my T's and dot my I's, get my T's and ducks all in a row. But, but more often than not, none of that is put together. And, and he's thinking about this where? Remember where he is, in the presence. If you get into the presence of God, the presence of God ought to at least make you think about what you have been doing or not doing that's pleasing or displeasing unto him. When we come into his presence, my question should always be, Lord, am I living a life that you would be pleased with? He recognizes, he recognizes who he is, and, and in his recognition of who, of who he is, he, he begins to confess with his mouth his sin. Aren't you glad that God doesn't turn away from us? It was in this moment, thank you, God, when one of the seraphim heard him, and he grabs a live coal from the fire of the altar, and he lays it upon his mouth. What does this sound like? Sounds like Jeremiah. He says, I have touched your lips, and thine iniquity, going back to present tense, is taken away, not was, not will be. He dealt with Isaiah right where he was. Because again, Isaiah is saying, I am in the presence. So the angel says, that's right. But now you are. The presence of God should make you see who you are now, but should also reveal who God wants you all to be now. It's in the presence of God where if I am in sin, that the Spirit of God should come upon me and remove sin away. 
in the presence of God, if I am depressed, the spirit of God should come and put me in a place of joy. In the presence of God, if I am sad, watch this, he should come and take away my sorrow. Come on, somebody. In the presence of the Lord, if I am sick, the spirit of God should come and say, you are healed. He lays upon his lips and says, your iniquity is taken away. Your sin has been purged, which means it has been brought up out of you. He says, I have touched you in a way that I have reached down into your innermost being and have pulled out the thing that you think that you are. And then verse 8, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? It is in this moment, watch this, it is in this moment that God is saying, okay, you've come into my presence, you've recognized that you weren't like me, but I sent my angel to make you like me. And now that you have been transisted from your was into your now, now let me ask you a question. Who shall I send? Who shall go for us? And this is showing just the type of God that we serve, that he doesn't force anything on us. He doesn't make us do anything. Watch this. He wakes us in our right mind so that we choose him. Because watch this. Here's the thing about it. He already chose us. Oh, you don't believe me? You don't believe me? One scripture said, while I was yet in sin, he sent Jesus to die for me. Another scripture said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And then he followed it by saying, I didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Watch this. There's another scripture that said, and he breathed the breath of life into the man. God already chose you. Every day you get the opportunity to choose Every day, you get the opportunity to say yes to the Lord. And the reality is, that's all he wants from us. I'm almost finished. My stomach's growling now. Every day, he wakes us up, and we have the opportunity to say yes. Every day, when he wakes us up, the question is asked, whom shall I send? Who's going to go for us? Who shall I send to Hall Hyundai in Newport News, Virginia? Who shall I send to Food Lion, to Kroger? Who shall I send to Dollar General, to Dollar Tree? Who? Shall I send to Short Pump Town Center, to Maggiano's? I'm, I'm talking about places, watch this, because these are the places that the Lord will send you and use you, and you didn't even think. You thought you were going shopping. Yeah, you're going shopping. Because he said, I'll make you fishers of. Yeah, you thought you were just going to get lunch. Yeah, you're going to get lunch. 
but he's going to use you, watch this, to take some, some, uh, to take some symbolic fish and bread to feed somebody you had no idea you were even going to run into. You thought that person was chosen to wait on your table just because you sat in their section. No, you sat in their section because there's something God wants to get to them from you. You bumped into that person going down the aisle of the grocery store, not just to say, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, but because there was a connection that God wanted to make to that person, and he was using. And we, we don't like to see it that way. We don't like to see it that way because we want to believe that every time we go out, we, we're just going out for ourselves. some of my greatest evangelism has been done in the most unusual places at the most unusual times to people that I either would never meet or wouldn't normally speak to. Y'all like telling, telling testimonies to each other. But he said, go ye therefore and teach all. We, 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 like, we, like, we like giving God praise with each other and telling each other of the goodness. Well, I don't need to tell you about his goodness. You already know. I'm going to say something real dangerous. A church meeting coming. Um, did, that, did, that, did we announce that this morning? Church meeting, November 30th. We need two Sundays. It's this one and next one. There it is. Uh, the downfall of evangelism. Can I? Can I? Can I be real? I'm sick of churches with church people. Jesus didn't. He came for the sick. All we ever want to do is deal with well people. But he's asking the question, whom shall I send? Not to the church. They don't need me. They already have me. Who shall I send to the lost? Who shall I send to the sick and the infirm? Who shall I send to the homeless? Who shall I send to the unbeliever? Who shall go for us? And our problem is we don't want to be uncomfortable. So we say yes, but we do no. Uh-oh. Let me say that one more time. That was good. We say yes, but we do no. Y'all stand up. I'm finished. God wants, watch this. He's not even asking us for anything difficult. He just wants us to say yes. Now, now here's, here's what makes yes easy. It's easy to say yes if you trust him. Amen. 
if you don't trust him, you'll find it hard to say yes. Hopefully, in the two years that I've been here, almost three, actually, technically, it's been three. Don't let me stay this long. Jesus. I was about to say something, but it was my flesh, so I'm going to just let that. <laughs> I, I, I 